This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtBase. Are you managing a major art collection but still using something like Excel? Isn't it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to manage your art collection. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks in an easy-to-use, powerful database. Enter your data once, and then you can use that data to generate professional insurance value reports, loan forms, shipping forms, and so much more. They've got a brand new version coming out this month with a fresh new look. So go to artbase.com to learn more or to schedule a demo, and be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount off the entry fee. That's artbase.com, A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. Hope everyone's continuing to stay safe and you're able to take a few moments to escape, at least mentally, from the isolation that you're in by looking at some art on your computer or phone. There's finally some new content in terms of online auctions, online art fairs, online viewing rooms from galleries, and actually on a more positive note, some galleries in Germany are actually reopening this week, and hopefully other parts of the world will follow in their footsteps. Over the past few episodes, we've been focused on how this pandemic is impacting different facets of the art world, including the shift to the digital space, logistics, and different legal aspects of agreements and transactions. In this week's episode, we chat with Friedrich Petzl, owner of Petzl Gallery based in New York City. They represent several fantastic artists, including Dana Schutz, Wade Guyton, Derek Forjor, Charlene Van Heil, Joyce Pensado, Maria Lastnig, and many more. We speak with Friedrich about how the gallery is adapting during this unfortunate and really unusual time when galleries are physically closed. He shared a lot of interesting insights with us, so we hope you enjoy the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. Friedrich, thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing during this time? Um, we've seen better days, but uh, for the time being, we we're holding on to uh, you know to the ship, so to speak. We can't sail the ship, so we are docking. But um, you know, basically, we are in Zoom conferences all day from eight in the morning with my Berlin gallery. I have another gallery in Berlin, but my partner Gisela Kapitän. So that started at eight o'clock in the morning with the entire staff on the Zoom conference and then 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, I'm going through the whole day. I'm in every single meeting with most of the assistants, uh, whether it's press department or it's exhibition department or finance department. So uh, I'm trying to kind of motivate the staff as much as I can so um, so that they know there's always a job for them to do. And they are very, very busy. I can say that. They're extremely busy. That's good. I'm glad everyone's staying busy and working hard. With physical galleries being forced to close, and you mentioned all the Zoom meetings that you're having as a result of that, many galleries have opened up online viewing rooms and are becoming more active on social media and really thinking about different ways to stay engaged with their clients and their followers. What has your digital strategy for the gallery been during this time? And how important is it for the gallery to maintain relationships as well as its virtual presence? during this time? 
Well, we, we never really had much of a strategy, but uh, the, the the virtual, the online thing. So somehow in early, maybe lab, late last year, it had nothing to do with the virus, but I kind of looked at the, you know, some reports here and there, and I started um, asking some of my people to kind of look into this. And we developed an online platform uh, way before the uh, coronavirus hit New York. So we were kind of ready to start, uh, not knowing that this would be the only way to communicate for a while. But yes, we have an online platform, petzl.com, and then you go scroll around on the on the web page to the online viewing platform. And it's pretty accurate. It shows three exhibitions at the moment. So that's the downtown gallery, which we had to close in Chelsea, which we had to close after maybe four or five days into this. And the Uptown Gallery with Rodney McMillan, um, a new space that we just opened and that closed two days after the inaugural opening. But you can experience these two shows online. And then the third show we have is all the work that was originally slated to go to Hong Kong, to the Art Fair Basel Hong Kong. So we were able to still install the work instead of shipping it to Hong Kong, but uh, install it on the third floor on the Upper East Side. And you can also scroll down and see the works that were originally meant for Asia. And yes, we did sell quite a lot of things, not necessarily as a result of the online platform, but with um, you know all kinds of other media and certainly via phone calls and talking to people. As we know, galleries and auction houses are physically closed. And if we take a step outside the art market, the stock market's fallen Oil prices today actually turn negative, which had never happened before. There are really a lot of feelings of uncertainty due to the pandemic. To what extent has the coronavirus slowed down sales at your gallery, and is it having an impact on different artist markets in different ways? Um, well, we were a little bit lucky because, you know, art is always very motivated to do, uh, you know, we don't do many fairs, so we do the three Basel fairs, and we always ask them, for extraordinary works for these fairs. So we were lucky that we had extraordinary Charlene painting and extraordinary Wade Guyton painting and Derek Forger and these things, obviously, they did sell. I mean, it's not that there's no business whatsoever. I mean, there is, if you have the goods, if you have the extraordinary artworks, I mean, it's not that the artworks caught the virus. It's it's us people and, you know, unfortunately, also some of the collectors. But uh, the work is not any worse than it was three months ago. So, uh, we enticed a few people to kind of look at this carefully and we were able to conduct sales. So it's not completely over yet, but I think, I think in general, I think our sales are down by, I don't know, at the moment, probably 80%. I, I didn't, I can't put a number on the 70, 80%. I don't know. This would be the time I was supposed to, ex- uh, to open an exhibition with Maria Lasnik in on, on April 22nd with very historical paintings from the late, from the early 60s to the late 60s, her so-called Paris years, uh, when she had a grant and lived in Paris for a lot of while and met a lot of people there and wrote for the newspapers in Austria as a foreign correspondent, so to speak. That show is postponed by an entire year. But that was a show where each painting was like 800, 900 thousand a pop. And uh, we had many, many museums being interested in the work, but we cannot really calculate that there is an acquisition budget at this moment for these paintings. Um, because obviously the museums have their own problems at the moment. So we decided it's useless to kind of try to trying to um, promote an exhibition right now. The book is published. It's ready. It's still with a printer in Italy somewhere, but it'll be shipped at some point And we do the show probably in April 21. 
That's interesting. So it sounds like the physical closing of the gallery has really created an issue where you're now juggling different shows and figuring out how and when to reschedule them. And at the same time, collectors and museums have been impacted financially as well. I mean, the saddest part here is like the Alan McCullum retrospective, his first U.S. retrospective uh, after 50 years of, of being a, one of the most influential artists of our times. The first U.S. retrospective never opened. It's still at, installed at the ICA Miami. So when you uh, go to our website, you see an exhibition uh, that kind of somehow illuminates aspects of the Alan McCullum retrospective at the ICA Miami. It will open again at some point, maybe in June, June, July. I don't know yet, but um, you can get a glimpse of what it feels like. And the same with Sean Lenders, who we were still in Dijon uh, at the consortium in Dijon. Sean and I, we flew there. And uh, before the show opened, we both had to rebook our flights, our return flights uh, to New York. And that show never opened either. So we're trying to do online. <clears throat> we try to do exhibitions, online exhibitions that, I wouldn't say complement the real thing, but they give you an idea that this exhibition does exist. It will reopen. And yeah, so we're trying to do our best, at least with the museums that installed the work. You know, it's there. You founded the gallery in the mid-1990s. Do you recall any past experiences being similar in any way to how the pandemic is impacting the art world now? Um. Well, you know, we all know from September 11th, that was, a, uh, you know, the, the only difference there was, uh, you know, a lot of people died and we didn't see this coming. That was the shock was, you know, fundamental. It changed all of our lives. Um, but after three or four days, we were able to sit together and, um, you know, mourn in our galleries. And I could be trying to kind of project some kind of confidence that there will be something like a, a world after. And this is a bit different because we, we can't even be with one another. I have a very strong team of, I don't know, 25, 30 people working for us. And uh, it's a bit bizarre that I cannot even sit together with them and say like, hey, um, we're going to do this, this and that. It's all via, via the internet. So no, there's nothing that I can compare to this. This is new. And uh, the older people that you know have been with me for 20 years in the gallery, they, they're a little bit more balanced and the younger Folks are a bit more, uh, you know, really unraveled because they 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 were kids eventually within September 11th, so they they have a harder time understanding that the world is going to be a different place now. I imagine you're in regular contact with most of your artists. Are a lot of them able to access their studios and make art during this time? And do you think the virus and the isolation and the social distancing may end up actually having an impact on the aesthetics or the emotions? within the art that's being made now or in the near future? I wouldn't say that it will have a particular effect on the content of the work, but um, I'm very close to uh, my house, is very close to Ross Blackness uh, studio here in Springs. I'm in, on the beach, he's on the other side. And he, he says, my life hasn't changed at all. He hunkers down for the last, I don't know how many years, and he's just making the best work ever. I mean, he's just, on his own, doing his thing, he cooks himself some meal in the evenings, and that's it. Um, when I talk to my artists, they, their world has not changed that much. Most of them go to their studios because it's not illegal, and they hunker around and do things, and uh, maybe not with a big staff right now, but they are very much isolated. Corinne Wasmuth, one of my German painters, it's her birthday today, I called her up and said, did anything change for you? And she said, absolutely not. 
I'm on my own. I'm painting my pictures, and <laughs> you know, we'll do a show with you. And I don't know. I think we scheduled this for March now, maybe in January. So obviously, all of this has been postponed, and they have a little more time to develop the work. But in principle, for the artists, it hasn't changed that much. Mine are very, um, you know, they they enjoy the time in the studio, to be honest, and not have to work for an art fair. <laughs> so it's I I don't think that they are they're traumatized by the fact that. You know, 16 million people in America lost their job. They're traumatized by people waiting in line to get food from the food banks and stuff. That is that is really the frightening part of this uh, fall uh, in the economy. But uh, their own lives have not changed that much. That's really interesting. And of course, the pandemic and its fallout is awful and unfortunate. But are there any positives you can think of that may actually come out of this in terms of changes and how the art markets and the art world operates in the future? Well, I think every crisis is uh, a, a wonderful tool to kind of, re- re- I mean, think a little bit about the mistakes one made and uh, how to look at the at a different future. I think it's not it's not a, uh, an art world phenomenon alone. I mean, we have to think about the world. It's, you know, how how do we have a certain kind of job security in this country? How can it be that people lose their health insurance? I mean, we obviously we also in an election year. Um, so I think people will have to rethink a little bit what their um, how they run their companies, or as a, an employee, uh, you know, what kind of commitment do you have to your to your boss if they all get laid off after two weeks of a crisis? I think we have to really rethink a lot of things in terms of art world specific issues. I think we. I have to, you know, think a little bit about how we how we um, fly uh, throughout the universe all the time. I mean, I I would have been in Europe twice, in Asia once, in Miami twice within the last four weeks. Somehow, my world continues to function without being in a plane all the time. So I think there are lots of opportunities to rethink how we've done business in the past and how we should do business in the future. I mean, I have a group of fabulous collectors and, you know, when I call them up, it's a one-on-one transaction at the end of the day and say like, hey, what's missing? Is there a weight guidance that, you know, you should have a look at, say, Mushalin and so on and so on. So then people are quite responsive. It's not just an art fair transaction. It's like on the phone, let's look at pictures. What is it? What do you have and what's missing? And out of these conversations, you know, some sales happened over the last three, four weeks. That's great. I think everyone's wondering when the art world might reopen. Do you have any tentative plans for when you may reopen the galleries in New York City? And do you think you may limit the number of people inside the gallery or have any other kind of restrictions after you initially reopen the spaces? Well, I feel a very strong responsibility for the health of my employees, first of all. So if we were able to reopen mid-May doesn't mean that we are open to the public necessarily, but we're probably going to have an A and a B team so that we are six feet apart from one another. So people work Monday, Wednesday, Friday, something like that. And people who have young kids uh, should not work at all because if they get infected by some, for some reason or another, they don't want to carry the virus back home to their young, young kids. So we, we're going to look at all of these things very carefully. I believe that the bookstore, my beloved, my, my baby, my bookstore will not reopen in the sense for the foreseeable future because, you know, going through publications is in a, in a small bookstore may not be conducive to, 
to the health of everyone there. So we have we 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 changed a little bit how we think. I want to be ready for collectors to see work in real flesh, and we definitely make ourselves available to those visits. Maybe they buy appointment only. We don't know yet. Um, but I hope in, in the summer we're going to have some kind of a return to a new normalcy. Normality, sorry. Friedrich, thanks so much for coming out of the podcast and chatting with us about how the gallery is adapting to the current environment. And as we, you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you have multiple online viewing exhibitions currently on the Petzl Gallery website. I highly recommend our listeners check those out. What's the website they can visit to see those exhibitions? It's uh, Petzl, P-E-T-Z-E-L, like a pretzel without the R, Petzl.com. <laughs> and then you just, you're just you on the website, and from there you're being guided over to the viewing platforms and the exhibitions. And I mean, it's very simple. It's, very, uh, it's, it's not rocket science. I, I was scared, but even I can find things. So <laughs> enjoy. Visit Petzl.com. Perfect. Thanks so much again. We really appreciate it. Bye. Thanks so much for ArtBase for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Are you managing a major art collection, but still using Excel? Isn't it time to bring your collection management skills up to a professional level? Well, ArtBase is the right software to help you out and manage your art collection. ArtBase allows you to track your artworks in an easy-to-use but powerful database. You enter your data once, then you use that data to generate professional insurance value reports, loan forms, shipping forms, and so much more. They have a brand new version coming out this month with a fresh new look. So now's the perfect time to visit artbase.com to learn more and to schedule a demo. And be sure to mention Art Tactic for a 15% discount off the entry fee. You can visit artbase.com. That's A-R-T-B-A-S-E.com.